Hey everybody, Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to thank you for being here and being a part of this healing space. Uh, this is my soul work, as I've said often on this show and on my social media accounts. Um, so yeah, I just feel compelled to put this beautiful light of hope out into the world with these interviews and uh, just this inspiration that's happening in the world right now. I just, I don't know, I feel as if there's a darkness that's trying to overcome us. And you look on social media and you look on the news and it's just so overwhelming, but there's so much goodness and there's so much light and uh, we just need to focus on that. So that is my goal with this show. And again, I just, uh, I thank you for being here. Again, if you want to go to um, my academy.terrywellbrock.com, I have some courses on there, and I have a um, some coaching that I just started to utilize as well. So be sure to go visit that. Visit terrywellbrock.com, T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K, and you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter. And be sure to go to the YouTube channel or uh, the Facebook page or any of the audio outlets and subscribe. Um, the podcast just hit downloaded in 100 countries. Woohoo! So that's a big uh, that's a big milestone. We've, we're now in 100 countries. All right. Well, this was a, a great interview coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Hillary Crowley. And I just said it, but now I look again author and natural health intuitive. So, welcome, Hillary. Thank you very, very much. I, it's really great to be here. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about um, just the Healing Place. I just love the name of your, I, I love your vibe and. Um, so many great conversations. If someone's binging right now, I've been binging with you. So I'm picking up right where you left off from the last one. And um, your topics are so fundamentally important to bring into today's conversation. And um, I really wrote a book about not about trauma. I'm not a trauma expert. I'm an expert at like energy healing. Um, and I've been doing this for 20 years. And a lot of people like to ask me, why did you write the book? I said, to start the conversation, not to finish the conversation, just to start the conversation. You're such a good listener. You're such a good conversationalist. And um, I'm just excited to be here and, you know, start a conversation with you about everything, energy healing and how it helps heal us. Wow. Thank you. Made my heart smile. Thanks for all of that. That's wonderful. Heart and smiling. Yeah, I, I love this this podcast just simply for that fact that they are conversation starters and ways to get people to really look at things from a different angle. And so I'm super excited, one, to talk about your book release, uh, but the work you're doing in the world, which is just so needed and so beautiful. And so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I've been working at an integrated center for um, 13 years now, so... <laughs> That's a lot. You can ask me a lot of questions about what it's like to work with the doctors and the nurses. And, you know, I say it's energy healing, but it's not a new age setting whatsoever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because I love that those settings. I'll, I'll take me to a spa retreat anytime, but I'm right. going in and out of a doctor's office every day. 
And, and you know, what's so, what's so amazing is I think we hear new age and it's not even new age anymore. It's just becoming so much more a part of healing and, and folks are starting to recognize that it's not just the physical, the body part of it, that you really do need the spirit, the mind, that whole connection. I, I actually like the idea about um, everything old being new again. Um, one of the premises of my book, it my um, I'm not going to lie. I, I like how I started my book. I didn't know where to start. I have a million stories. Do you have that experience? You just have a million stories and you don't know where to start. Yes. I just had this conversation. I'm finishing my book manuscript and I, I was talking to a previous podcast guest and she said, where are you starting? And I said, I'm starting at the end. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I didn't know where to start. I was like, I'm going to start at the end and then work my way around. So yeah. Yeah. And I like the expression starting in the middle. Um, and for me, I kind of started at the end of my grandmother's career. She was in her seventies and she had a grandchild, which was me. And she was taking me on a house call. And I don't, I don't report that she did energy healing during the house call. She walked in and had her medicine bag and, um, was seeing somebody for glaucoma. And I was, you know, she was my grandmother. So I got the, you better behave and you you know, that little beautiful moment. But what also was very clear to me that I subtly infused into the first chapter was everything was energy healing in the old days before we specialized and broke things out. That time we take to connect is energy healing. Um, That, all of it, but we've become in this age of communication, there's no, but it's actually the most beautiful. And we've learned how to articulate and put our finger on these things much better. And, um, and it's time to re you know, merge it all together that we, we, we've figured out so much through psychology in the last century, so much through body, you know, health, fit, fitness, all of that. And, um, certainly, we figured out a lot about pharmaceutical medicine, surgery. Th- these are amazing times that we live in. So now we just want to infuse. What? Maybe you can help me out. You know that term, bedside manner. Yeah. What? That's kind of a funny term. I don't know what the etymology of that is. Have you ever heard that? I haven't heard it in a long time, but it used to be a, a high compliment to a doctor that they had a good bedside manner. Yeah, and I, I mean, I. I think exactly what you're just talking about is that they're able to pick up on our energy. If like, I know if I'm at a doctor's office with my history of anxiety and panic attacks, and I'm able to really even give a three minute little spiel about why I'm nervous about being there or what it is. And they listen and they uh, reflect back an understanding of what it is I'm trying to say and honor it. I think it's just honoring the patients where they are in that moment. That to me is good bedside manner. I don't know yeah. if that helps. <laughs> no, I, I like that. And I, and you're, and as I'm listening to you, I'm also thinking that another good bedside manner is exactly what you're doing where you have an appropriate, well, they call it disclosure of a little bit of yourself in order to make the person you're working with feel safe. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a real, that's a real studied gift, right? Without imposing it on, without imposing your story or trauma triggering or whatever it is, but just enough to 
to say, let's be human together and let's, you know, be graced in a way by this bigger event. I, I also love the, I love words. Well, I'm a writer, so I love words. I love the expression, um, something is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. So I think even when two people get together, the healing is greater than what might be happening between the doctor and the patient. There's something greater than the sum of the parts. And yes. a good practitioner knows that. Right. It's interesting because I, I'm very drawn to nurse practitioners in lieu of doctors. It's just a personal thing mm -hmm. with me because yeah. I have found that every nurse practitioner that I've ever visited with, they truly do relate to me more on a, on a heart to heart kind of level, a human to human instead of a doctor to patient level. Um, and, and I had gone to one a couple of years ago and I was concerned about, um, weight. And so I was saying, oh, I'm doing a whole 30 and I'm trying to eat more whole foods and be really conscious of what I'm putting into my body. And, and so she shared with me how she had had some weight issues. And so, and then her journey of really taking a look at making healthier choices for herself and the impact that it had on her with, her health. And so to me, it was like such a, Oh, right. Like validation that I'm okay. I'm making some good choices here. So, yeah. So can we talk about the power of story to heal? Sure. Yes. Um, I know on a previous interview you did recently, it was about changing your thoughts. I think one of the like little life hacks, my teenage boys don't like me to use this term, but it's a good term. One of the little life hacks to it change is. thoughts is story. It's the story. So she told you a story. You're telling me a story and my thoughts are changing and my thoughts are right down, as you said, in the smile of my heart. You can feel that in your heart. And that's the that's the road you're, you, you know, you're taking us on or, you know, and I hope my book takes us on too, that we're all kind of walking ourselves together through to a more secure attachment with ourselves. That's the, that to me is one of the, that's to me is the definition of home in the physical body is when you've heard enough stories that you've been able to build your home, you know, your beautiful home that is yourself, you know, Yes. Um, and I love that so much because, and I've said it so often on the show that in sharing our truths, it helps others resonate with, with something that, that they may have not have thought about before or, or that they thought they were alone in. And when they hear a story, it's, oh, okay, I'm not so alone or, oh, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. There's um there's this, uh, it's beautiful because once you're done writing your book, Terry, I'm sorry, have, is this your first book you're writing? Or yes. do you have a, okay, it is. Okay. Hence my dragging my feet behind me. <laughs> it takes time and the timing works out beautifully. Just know that. That's I think that's the nature of, of, of birthing an important work into the world. Um, you learn that the easy way or the hard way. I kind of had both. I was like, go with the flow. Why isn't this done already? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's. Yeah. There's so many things that if you talk to other writers, it's just the way it goes. You know, it's just writing amnesia. One time my editor said, you know, you already wrote this chapter. I said, I did. You know, it's called writing amnesia where you just start it all over again. And it, it turns out that was exactly the way it was. The process was. 
Um, so now that I have, I'm going to hold my book up just because yes, I just, I was going was to say, we, we need to share the title. So yes, please. Do. I know. I mean, I get it. Help me. Just get <laughs> better. Okay. I, I was going to read it. That was next on my list. Everybody's <laughs> enjoying, I'm not, I'm holding it up because I'm, what I want to hold up is an example to you that books get done. And now I have like a library that's written, right? It's written. So the story I wanted to, okay, wait. All right. Okay, here it is. It's called The Power of Energy Medicine. It's a really easy, fun read. I hope you guys enjoy reading it. You'll, you know, I hope everyone enjoys reading it. Um, I wrote it for people who um, maybe like me who have very busy lives who just want to read a little bit before I fall asleep. Like, please don't make this an assignment. You know, um, it's easy. It's storytelling. And then it's very powerful and impactful to, to, to it's infused with, you know, the healing energy in every story. And um, I think I'm quoting Maya Angelou when, correct me, please. You write the book you want to read. I've you heard the it. quote and it, I think you might be right. I would love it if I was correct. <laughs> um, it's always good to quote the great Maya Angelou. Yeah. And if I'm misquoting her, like just, you know, I think it's right. And, and um. So I definitely wrote the book I wanted to read. And then I'm getting a lot of feedback that everyone's like, no, it really is a lovely, easy read. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And then I had to drop into it and say, guys, I know you're just reading and I appreciate it. And, but I actually wrote the book that you can read from the hospital bed. I wrote the book that you can read a chapter to maybe um, somebody who's in hospice. Like I wrote the book that you can read to your child. I, I, I wrote stories and they're true stories. Um, but just cause they're true. Well, that's what we used to do. We used to come around the campfire and tell true stories. Um, I was, I should finish my thought just because they're true. Doesn't make them magical and wondrous and inspiring. So the, the true story that's coming to me in this, in this uh, moment with you is uh, a story that was told to me. So I'm the second person telling it and you do so much important work in, in, in the, in these conversations that you have about trauma. I, I kind of want to go to the hardest one in my book about trauma. Um, the hardest chapter in my book that addresses trauma. And it has to do with a woman who traveled to Rwanda to help build a center for um, truth and reconciliation after the war. And um, the I titled the chapter Obstacles. And it was about, um, it was hard for me to write, Terry, because I was taking a story that was told to me by somebody else. All the other stories happened to me in my space. They're either of my life or very intimate one-on-one -on -one with another person that we experienced a case together. This one was telling me about a case, but I thought it was too important. I couldn't leave it out. And it's the story of a, um, a woman who lived in the New York area, but she was going to go on a, a, a trip to help build a center for truth and reconciliation after the Rwanda war, the war in Rwanda. And, um, 
she said she was drawn to it by another story that was told to her about two census takers that they were taking census of after who, who, who lives where and who survived. Okay. Tough stuff, tough stuff. And they went to the door of a woman who said, I'm the only one who lives here. How do you like that for a number? She said, everyone else is dead. Are you okay? And she said, no, I'm not okay. I'm just waiting for my life to be over. This is awful. And here I am. Count me as one here. They walked across a field to the abutting property. And there was a man who answered the door. And according to the story, uh, the census takers um, said, who lives here? And he said, just me. He said, my whole family left. And they said, oh, he said, okay. I uh, said, some died, some left. And they said, okay, so what are you doing here? And he said, I did a lot of harm. I killed my neighbors. Oh. I had to put that in the book. That was, you see how that was hard to write? Yeah. I mean, not hard to write, but it was careful. I had to carefully craft that so that I don't re-traumatize people. But it, it was an important story to tell. Well, the two census workers were researchers and they turned, they decided to start a whole new research project, which is both are reporting that they're alone and both are reporting that they feel like life is over. And so they went to their door and they said, we want to try to do something that um, we've been studying out of South Africa uh, with truth and reconciliation. We would like you to both meet us at this location and um, with a lot of re reluctance, but they had nothing to lose, you know, which is a beautiful point of change, isn't it? They had, they had nothing left to lose. Yeah. Yeah. They met and the woman whose family had been murdered by the man in the, in the war, she took him through the obstacle course blindfold. She led him and it was a massive trust exercise that ended with them laughing and crying together and healing together. And then they helped build the center more and more. So you reminded me of that when we think about building our own home, they all built that center together. And I was um, honored enough to hear that that's why um, she was going to help build another building for that, for that obstacle course. Wow. Powerful and teared me up because Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, you told me, listen to the, to the episode on forgiveness and uh, that I just put out recently. And that's what it was. That's what I was thinking of as I listened to this and just what a powerful healing tool that is, but then she doesn't feel so alone anymore and he doesn't feel so alone anymore. No. Yeah. And then they can, and then you create truly a ripple effect of if I can do this, you can do this. So it's bravery, right? It's a little bit of courage, that heart courage, you know, and, and then yes, it is about forgiveness and, and the courage, the forgiveness, all of it. And um, I am an energy worker. So I am an author, but I'm also an energy worker. I wanted to tell you a little thing about um, a way to help bring forth forgiveness um, I had a very difficult situation in my life, similar to the story you, you tell about um, having somebody who you have to, uh, you hope that they won't come to get you. Yeah. Um, and I also talk about it very, um, I'll just keep it at that. How's that? Is that okay? That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so um, 
I was advised by my people who are very well versed in energy to not even give it a thought, but to imagine pouring blue light, pouring blue light over that thought and over that person that you're imagining. I don't know what it is about the vibration of the color blue, but it's like neutralizing and it's, um, it was something to do, Terry. It gave me something to do when you're ruminating or scared, um, trying not to go into like a place of fear. And for those of you who are listening, it's like, I can't pour blue. What's blue? I can't imagine colors. Um, blue is the sky. And so you can just imagine just, and also you don't have to do it nicely. You can like buckets of blue over somebody, you know? <laughs> Yes, I totally get it. <laughs> you know, you can be in a waterfall or you can be in a waterfall, you know, right. but just just pour it. But the act of doing it moves us and changes our thoughts and moves us into the grace that you that you talk about, too. Like, let's not forget this bigger message of like allowing more than just two people to be in in the space. And that's what I'd love to see the doctors, the nurse practitioners. I have, I have a surgeon who, who talks in the book about um, I couldn't do it without feeling that, that greater grace, you know, pouring over me and we can pour that over and you could call it forgiveness or forgiveness in action. Or um, I think neutral is an important step to take, you yeah. know, on, on your way back to heal. Just, do you know that feeling when you get to a point where, well, we, we see it a lot. You just have a better day. I like the expression is better is better. It doesn't have to be great. It's just that better, better day. Yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. Walking yeah. yourself back to neutral. And I just have to say that when you're talking about the blue, and I've, I think I've only talked about it twice on, on this show, but um, I had it happen again recently. And so I haven't talked about it, but sometimes when I go into a meditative state, there are these, what I call angels, but like these beings of light that are this blue that I've never seen before. It's a blue. I can't really define. It's like a, it's a blue that doesn't exist in this world. It's a different blue in a different realm kind of, but it's so magnificent. And there's these flowing beams of light and, but I can sense them telling me without words to follow them. And so I'll follow. And, um, but it's, it's, it's so powerful, just the blueness <laughs> and their energy is incredibly peaceful and uh, calming to me. And I just, I always love it when they appear, which has only been uh, three times now, but yeah, I just, I feel very blessed. Like, Oh, they're here. <laughs> yeah. Three times that you remember. Yes. Well, that's true. That's so true. Somebody else said that to me recently. Yeah. Three that I remember. Right. Yeah. So, well, now one of the subjects we wanted to talk about was, is resilience. And I know um, for myself, my, my healing journey uh, has involved really understanding what resilience is, but also um, helping to build practices in my life that help build my resilience. Can, can you touch upon that a little bit? 
Yes. Um, we touched about a little bit with the storytelling um, and the resilience. Every story has the same theme, which is we are always healing. We are always healing from birth to grave. You know, doesn't everyone want to have a healthy death? That last breath, you know, so so we are always healing from birth to grave. And that is that thought is the most resilient thought you can ever have. So there's my short but impactful <laughs> answer, um, which is and then we could go into 100 examples. But let's start with the possibility that we're all every every experience we're having, the good, the bad, the ugly is always healing us. And embracing that idea um, really um, ups the level of, of, of resilience, you know, and um, resilient is in the title of my book. Um, there's another book out there, um, quite famous, been out for a while, The Anti-Fragile, like that we're not even, we don't, we're not breakable, we actually get stronger. That's the human condition. So um, by an author named Talib. And, um, but that to me is that we're not breaking, we're getting stronger. And that's probably why I wanted to tell you the story about the obstacle course. Cause obstacle courses are, have you done one lately? Like they're not fun. They're not easy. No. <laughs> You're going to get scraped and bruised, but scraping and bruising is a way our body heals and gets stronger. You know, it's, um, there's so much about us, um, that gets stronger, um, and then we don't have to go through every obstacle course. You could tell me about your obstacle course and I could tell you about yours. And then that also builds resilience of like more evidence that we're always in a healing state. Um, it's that trust that we can trust our bodies. That's to me is, is what makes us resilient. So, yeah. What a beautiful mindset. And I love, I love mm -hmm. looking at it that way to add to it. Uh, and I think it just went out of my head. <laughs> I had a thought. So it, it, I mean, for me, um, and I so can't think of what I was going to say. So I'll edit that <laughs> part fine. out. <laughs> You're in the, I, do, I do this. This is me for a living. You're, I'm doing the energy work. I'm trying really hard to just do an interview, but like, but just deep breathing, work yeah. out there. Think about the blue. Right. Um, think about the blue. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. It, it, and that's so weird. It popped in for just a second, then it went away. And isn't it funny how you like, it's there and you know, it's there, but you just can't grab it fast enough. So yeah, yeah. That happens to me regularly. And, and, and can we talk about that for a sec? Sure. Let's yeah. Do. You might, you might get it back, but why not? Cause it happens to everybody. Yeah. And it, what it is, is that, um, it's like, it comes into your consciousness and you don't quite get it into the speech center yet. Yes. And it's there. I've got it now. So go ahead. Okay. Good. It's okay. And, and, and trust that too. If you ever want to help somebody, are you still going to remember it? I'll finish yeah, my I, I have the word now. I have one word. So yeah. Okay, good. So if you ever want to help somebody to do a recall, just let them know that you trust it. It's going to come back. And, and then that's healing too. Like, it's perfect timing. It's that's resilience, perfect timing, perfect pace. This, this, this bump in the road was meant to be there. It was an obstacle to grow you and heal you. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's probably it. Like me forgetting it 
had you talk about it and explain it and somebody listening needed to hear that message. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank I won't you. edit it out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. my, my, what I was going to add to what you said, your beautiful insights is that I like to think of it as everything that happens, good, bad, and ugly. I take a step back and say, okay, what is the lesson I need to learn in this? And so it is the part of that resilience and making myself stronger because there is a lesson to be found in all of it. There's something that I need to learn um, is, is the way I approach it. Yeah. Going back to forgiveness, which is one of the, in the formula for resilience, I think. Um, wait till you get to the point. I bet you're already there where you do not want to repeat history right? But you're able to bless all experiences. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself oddly thanking the hardest moments, because they made you who you are. Yes. And it's such a beautiful place to be. I've talked about my old to my oldest son about this and saying, I know where you are in this moment when he was going through some struggles. It's it's just I just want to honor where you are in this moment, but I promise you, you're, you will look back on this at some point and realize that it was helping you be a stronger person or helping guide you to where you needed to be or whatever it is. And that it really is, you can reach a point where, yes, you look back at it and say, okay, that was a blessing. I didn't see it at the time, but really it was. So energy medicine is that what you just described. It's the, it's the it's that little piece that we try to find words for. I think I'm good at finding words for things that you can't find words for. I think there are a lot of energy workers out there, um, and I go to them, <laughs> that we don't need to put a lot of words to it. But those of us who are out here just doing regular old parenting or healthcare or, you know, driving a truck or um, wherever you are on the road of life. We, I have never met anybody who doesn't believe in energy. I'm, I'm always ready for it. You know, I'm always ready for like, what is this? Right. right. You know, we, how do you call yourself an energy medicine practitioner? How do you do energy healing? I, I'm always waiting for that. You know, um, I'm, I'm ready for it, you know, and, uh, uh, and I'm from a big family and they can dish it out, but everybody's like, I'm so glad you're talking about it. I'm so glad, you know, that's why I wrote this book is that we can start normalizing the conversation about resilience and how energy is there for us to either receive as a supporting factor or a feeling you have in the room or a feeling you have in your your body that changes. And if we just continue to have our blinders on, so to speak, and say, that that's in another category, that's in another planet, that's another consciousness, then we're not being honest. So that's another piece of, uh, of resilience is, is the trust, you know, trust that you're always healing. And also trust that the energy is always healing you. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, we are energy. I, I it, we just are. I, it's so hard to me, I, I can't even wrap my head around someone who might say, how can you do energy medicine or energy healing? Because 
what else are we made of? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, um, that, that, so I haven't found that person. I keep thinking I'm going to find a person who's going to say, I don't I see people who say, I don't know what this is, but can you help me? You know, right. Right. um, I actually, you were talking about nurse practitioners and I actually am from, uh, where I work at whole life healthcare. It's all the nurse practitioners run a very busy general practice, like 15, 16,000 patients. Wow. Yeah. Very busy. And, um, they're all, and, and then, the, and then upstairs, um, we have the chiropractor, the nutritionist, craniosacral massage therapist. It's just a wonderful, um, conglomeration of all working together. So, um, I just, you know, I, I just, I think that as we learn to like, listen more actively, we all continue to, um, grow and form this collective. That's the other piece of um, community as well. So trust, believe that you're healing from the inside out, but also the community is healing you. And then finally also believe that this just greater force is greater than us. You know, you see that in recovery work, re resilience. What's one of the first things you need to do when you're recovering from a bad habit? Believe that, you know, there are greater forces greater than me helping me. I wish they'd put that word in helping me, not just yeah. there are forces greater than me, but like help who are actively helping me. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice way to think about the world at least, isn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true too. I'm, I'm not kidding. When I say I was working on, I'm, I'm creating three courses and I was working on it uh, last night. And then this morning I was doing some work on it and I was so excited. Like I could feel the energy flowing through me and I was just like giddy about it. And I said, thanks God. Thanks angels. Thanks spirit guides. Thanks all you, you know, I just know there's something more. And again, I get goosebumps, but I know there's something more just surrounding me and cheering me on and, and guiding and helping. And I, I feel so so energized by it again energy <laughs> yes yeah and with the energy as you're saying the thank you and you're talking to me i just i just don't want to miss the opportunity to say inside of you too our bodies are so brilliant and and one of the things i i love about you um is one of your specialties is you work with dogs right that yeah. gives you that it is just just like insider scoop that gives you a cutting edge as a healer because I feel like, first of all, um, in terms of power animals, dogs are, are considered like, uh, I think they're the, they're the power for uh, loyalty and help and helping us. So really, I want to really drop into the depth of loyalty and the depth of loyalty is the loyalty our body shows to us that beautiful quote that I love um, from the book Anamkara, where um, it's a, a, a book on Celtic wisdom and the author writes, um, our bodies are our angels. And so our bodies are a lot like the energy of that love that you know of the, the pups, the dogs, because they can't always put words to it, but boy, do they, they do they do they are they they're constantly loving and healing us it's just a metaphor and analogy but a but a fine one i would say yes these, you, i have goosebumps on my head 
<laughs> like that was so powerful. Wow. <laughs> yes, I I frequently um, refer to um, imagine you have a great German Shepherd inside of you that is um, healing you from the inside. So you can you can heal your inner G German Shepherd. You can thank your inner Ger German Shepherd as one of the spirit guides because the cells, the body. The trauma that we talk about that's healed inside the body, the body's always kind of trying to throw off that trauma. And today it came up in one of my sessions, it comes up frequently. If it's not throwing off the trauma off of your body, it's because you have not been able to signal you being the meditative mind, the, the, the peaceful meditative mind that needs to signal to that German shepherd inside of you that says danger isn't at the door anymore. You have to tell them that danger isn't at the door. You have to say, no, this one's actually the postman. You can, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, it's a UPS guy. Leave him alone. You know, otherwise that constant impulse um, that I'm sure you see when you work with the dogs needs to be reassured. And we need to do that for ourselves. So that's my, that's my just ode to resilience for today. You know, just this love I have. I talk, the, the dogs show up in the book, Quite a few times. There's a quite a few dogs. Actually, that's quite a few dogs in the book. Now that I think about it, it's funny. You write a book and you go, "Oh yeah, that's right." right. Like five five important dog characters in my book. That's awesome. We wrote when my daughter was in fourth grade. We wrote a little book and illustrated it ourselves, and it looks like we illustrated it ourselves. But it was so cute. And it's called the Doodle with the Noodle, and it's about our our therapy dog Sammy, who's here in the office with me as we record. Um, and I, I, I have so many people reach out that have said, oh my gosh, we got your book and our, our kids love it so much. And it was written for preschoolers, but the fourth graders and the fifth graders, they all love it too. And I, I love the idea of dogs. Yeah. Being, being heroes in our lives and making appearances. So, yeah. Good. So there we go. Good luck on the second book that you're finishing. Thanks. You said it Thanks. was your first. It's your second. Oh, that's book right. There. I did say it was my first book, and I, I just, I, I just do that as just such a fun mother-daughter project with her that uh, <laughs> I don't so even talk about. It. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, exactly. is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to discuss? Um. Well. It's just such a pleasure talking to you. You've got me thinking about the dogs right now. Um, I'll leave you with the story of uh, one of the, one more chapter. I'm like reading Rainbow today. I'm just going to like pluck in a couple of, of stories. Because awesome. my my book does not take place in, um, in Rwanda at all. It takes place in New England. And um, my neighbor uh, called me because her, her, well, it was a call from across the country um, they were separated by a business trip. And so she was home with the kids and the dog was going into a seizure. And we got the phone call from California said, can you, can you uh, run over and help us? Um, my wife is alone with a big dog who's in seizuring. And, Aww. you know, um, that dog taught me a lot. That dog, um, I won't spoiler alert it, but I was able to get over there and be alone with the dog and do energy work on the dog um, when it was a moment of crisis, but the dog wasn't in crisis. The humans around the dog were in crisis. And um, just a very, very graceful time where you start to see how our bodies, 
if we remove all that noise upstairs and we get to that purity, that purity that we see in our, in our natural world. Um, that dog taught me how to connect even more to trusting and, and being more resilient in myself too. So her name is Brandy. Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah. so beautiful. I have a, to share a story now too. <laughs> Normally I let, let my guests end on that note, but as you were talking and talking about German Shepherd, I was smiling really big. I don't know if you noticed because I call them still to this day in my head, not out loud in front of people, but Sherman Shepherds. And so that reason is when I was a little girl, four years old, we lived on a street that a neighbor had a German Shepherd. And my dad was terrified of dogs, terrified particularly of this German Shepherd. And so whenever it would be outside, he'd practically run us to the car and throw us in. And he he was just, I just remember him talking about the how scared he was of this dog. Well, Fast forward six years to when I was about 10 and our neighbor unfortunately died in a very tragic motorcycle accident. He was 19 years old mm-hmm. and his white, his widow, who was also 19 and their little girl who was about a year old, she moved out and left their German shepherd in the apartment across the hall from us. And my dad heard this whining and whining and whining and whining. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my gosh, did she move out and leave that dog? So he got the person, the manager of the apartment complex to go over and open the door. And there was that dog in there. And so we ended up keeping this German shepherd named King. And we, and my dad always called him a Sherman shepherd. <laughs> and I thought it was adorable. So, well, because I called it a Sherman shepherd. That's why my dad called it that. And so this dog taught my dad. He loved my dad. I think because my dad saved him and here, my dad had had this horrific fear of Sherman shepherds. Um, and so it, it just, it was just like a beautiful 360. It came around on itself. Yeah. So there you go. My story. <laughs> Um, my work is complete here. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. I'm blown away. And um, that's what I did. I mention that this work is magical. Yeah, I know. We've talked about that even before we hit record, like we were having all these magical moments. So I love yeah. it. So, the magic, yeah. Yeah. I love it. How do people find you? How do they get a hold of the book? Oh, well, the good thing is my book is available absolutely everywhere because I am uh, with Simon & Schuster for the distribution and Skyhorse is my publisher and they work with Simon & Schuster. So Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all your indie bookstores, uh, Kindle, online, anywhere you want to find it, electronic copy, um, The Power of Energy Medicine, uh, your natural prescription for resilient health. um, And then you can find me on Instagram on Instagram, um, I'm Hillary underscore Crowley underscore. You'll find me. I'm there. I'd like to post lots of cool quotes and uplifting thoughts and really bring good energy and good medicine into the world. I have a podcast myself called the good energy healing show. And for conversations like this, I decided to start a club too called the good energy healing club that I ha- let people join for th- $33 because 33 is the amount of chapters in my book. So um, just, just to bring more magic, more, I just think more of all of this that you're bringing Terry is what the world needs. And there's how many billions of people are on the planet now? 9 billion. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Yeah, just more. Bring it. All of it. So um, that's the best way to find me. And um, I'm just excited to to get the book read. And I look forward to people reading my book and then wanting to start a conversation with their friends, with their family. You can join my my club um, through HillaryCrowley.com. But you can just start your own club or your own conversations. I mean, isn't that what a book is all about? Just starting a conversation. So thank you so much. Yeah. Right. And for those on audio, it's H-I-1-L-A-R-Y. You got it. H-I-L-A-R-Y-C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. Awesome. The banks right. don't care if I spell with two L's, but you know, the internet does. So it's right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll have it in show notes too. I'll put a link for anyone who's listening. Just click on the link and it'll take you right there. So awesome. All right. Well, oh my gosh, it's just been such a joy. And um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. I learned so much just being in your presence. Thank you. I feel the same and still have goosies. So, all right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.